0: This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. Welcome, Foodpreneurs, to episode number 45. Have you got your product into enough consumers' hands so that you're beyond the hobby stage? Or are you feeling dejected since getting on the shelf because your product is not moving off the shelf? Either way, don't worry, because I've got you. In today's episode, I give you the framework of my Foodpreneur marketing plan that once you implement You'll walk away with more accounts, your product in more baskets, and you'll be putting more money in your pocket for every food and drink product you sell. Listen for the steps to take your marketing to new heights in the next 12 months without wearing yourself out. This episode of Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford is brought to you by Foodpreneur's Formula, my coaching program for women with packaged food and drink products at the scale stage, and my pricing for distribution workshop recording to help you engage a distributor profitably. The workshop is available for one more week only. Hi, I'm Chelsea Ford, former industry sales director, award-winning food and drink business expert, head coach of the acclaimed coaching program for women, Foodpreneurs Formula, and your host for this, the Foodpreneur podcast. If you're a packaged food and drink brand owner, tune in with me each week and walk away knowing how to land more accounts, how to get your product into more consumers' hands, and how to price correctly for wholesale with or without distributors. In each episode, I'm going to tap into my three decades of experience leading sales, marketing, and money teams for big and small food and drink brands to give you coaching tips that will help you take your business to new heights without the overwhelm. I know what works, and I know what doesn't. So I'm going to share with you industry tools and insider knowledge that are next to impossible for small businesses to access. And I'll dive into my little black book to bring you interviews with hard-to-reach industry specialists, experienced foodpreneurs, and wholesale buyers who will help you solve those pesky, industry-specific problems like distribution, that I know you've been losing way too much sleep over. So roll up your sleeves, foodpreneurs, because you're about to enter a no-fluff zone. I'm bringing my A-game so you can reach yours, no matter where you are, whether it's in your kitchen, coordinating your deliveries, or on your way to a buyer meeting. Listen up, because we're about to set the path for you to secure your next best stockist increase your sales, and live life on your terms. This is the Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford podcast. The other day I asked this of my community, you've got $1,000 to spend on your business, how would you spend it? And 74% of respondents, all of whom happen to be Foodpreneur's Formula members, said marketing in some way or another. For example, Natalie said straight up marketing. Shannon said local flyer drop. Claire said marketing her gift boxes. And Lee said marketing, especially social media. There's a pretty obvious theme there. What's less obvious is the sub theme, getting their products off the shelf. On another occasion the other day, though, I said to my members, What's the biggest lesson you've learned about making money since starting your business? And Leanne said, making a profit on every product. If you are not, why are you working hard to make and sell a product that doesn't make money? It's a good comment, right? I loved it because it's true, yet so often missed. The sub-theme to that is obvious. It's making money from your food and drink products. And it's that kind of awareness, frankly, is missed by most foodies until really they become foodpreneurs. And then it's almost too late. I know there's some hard truth in that and I can't apologize for it because right now women across the globe are starting food and drink businesses at an immense rate, hoping to get on the shelf. And whilst I rejoice at that, women are also, unfortunately, struggling to scale their ideas and take home more of the profit. And that has to change. If I had a dollar for every dream that go, that's gone bust, sorry, in the past few months, I'd be rich. Here's the thing you need to know. Getting your product into the hands of more consumers is how you keep and win stockists, and it's how you'll scale your business. When I was in coffee, we used to say, you bank dollars, not beans. In other words, There's no point selling bags of coffee at a loss and there's no point roasting coffee beans without consumers drinking it. So here's the process you need to be thinking about as you scale your production. Start by you make your product, you then get it into or onto a shelf, digital or bricks and mortar, either way it doesn't matter, the process still applies. Thirdly, the consumer finds out about your product Fourthly, your consumer becomes interested in your product. Fifthly, the consumer wants or needs your product. Then the consumer buys your product. And lastly, you put more money in your pocket for every product you sell. It's quite simple, right? Let's just break that down for a sec, though. Of that seven-part process, effectively, a wholesale buyer is just one part of it, really. Point two getting on the shelf. Every other part is attributable to you and your consumer marketing. If your problem is not getting enough product into enough consumers' hands, then listen up for how to think about your consumer marketing by understanding this acronym, AIDA, Awareness, Interest, Desire, and Action. As a formidable foodpreneur who is backing herself, you are, right? Your job is to drive your consumers to become aware of your product or your category, generate interest in it, develop consumer desire to know more, more about it so that they ultimately take the action of buying it. I coach all about that inside foodpreneurs formula and help my members move their consumers from the top of the marketing funnel where there's no consumer awareness through to how to get their consumers to take action and buy their product. There's no prizes for having the best tasting product if it's the best kept secret. You know what I'm saying? Stop keeping it the best kept secret and get it off the shelf. Sure, look, there's lots of moving parts to marketing, but here's a few to think about in practical terms. How many SKUs do you have and does that number translate to the number of facings you have on shelf? This is called brand blocking. Google it. Secondly, what is your brand message and is it speaking to your niche or your niche or are you going too wide and wasting your resources trying to attract everyone? You know what happens when you don't stand for something? You fall for everything. What's your pricing strategy? Does it price you out of the market? And lastly, what sub-sales channel do you sell through? And do those stockists reflect your target consumer and where they shop? These types of questions get answered when you have a winning formulaic marketing plan. And truth bomb here, they'll also determine how long you'll last in the marketplace. So now you know getting on the shelf And understanding how retailers work is the end of the very, very beginning phase. The next phases are the hardest, but yet they're the most rewarding strategically. I spoke to a foodpreneur last week, and she makes frozen treats. Her business turns over about $2 in revenue. And whilst she's got a great business, she's really tired. In some locations, she uses a distributor. In other locations, she delivers direct into store. She's been in business about a decade. And while sales into store, the push, are good, the pull, demand for the product by consumers, could do with some more strategic work. Strategic for two reasons. One, to make the most of when people buy her type of product and plug the gaps for when they don't. This is predominantly a summer, winter thing. And secondly, To spend money where she's going to make money and to budget thoroughly for the activity so she can afford to do it properly, including measuring the results and reinvesting more of the same or culling activity that no longer makes sense commercially for her. I'm working with her to map her next 12 months marketing plan so her product flies off the shelves. How about you? Are you one of the many, many foodpreneurs who've got your product on the shelf but it's not moving? A hot sauce maker I've been working with for about four years once told me that getting on the shelf was only the beginning and the amount of focus and attention required to build a successful food and drink brand and not an expensive hobby was actually really overwhelming. She's right. There's a lot to consider and at times that can be all encompassing. One of my greatest concerns in the business of food and drink is when I hear foodies starting to make packaged food or drink products thinking that getting their product on the shelf is the answer to all their prayers. Because it won't be. There are thousands of other factors at play. It is hard, but it is possible to go from foodie to foodpreneur with good planning and a commitment to take action. Planning to build equity in the marketplace and planning to make money so you can produce more and more products and put more and more money in your pocket. And a commitment to take action and resist the imposter syndrome that inevitably surfaces. And a commitment to stop sitting by the sidelines, watching others or sitting watching in groups that are either not safe or not that helpful. Choose your adventure and be deliberate. After a short break, I'm going to give you your marketing plan for the next 12 months. So listen up. I know how difficult it can be making money in food and drink, especially right now. Foodpreneurs say to me, Chelsea, why should I pay a broker and a distributor? They also ask, if I engage a distributor, there's no money left over for me. What should I do? These and other questions are fundamental to scaling a packaged food and drink business. Engaging a distributor to help you sell more product and put more money in your pocket only accelerates when you start understanding margins, promotions and sales support three fundamental aspects of doing business successfully with a distributor as your sales partner. Getting your product into more consumers' hands isn't as easy as clicking your fingers, but it is easier when you understand a distributor's business model and how they make money. You can use hope as your sales strategy or pray a distributor will take you on, only then to be disappointed because they didn't live up to your expectations of delivering incredible sales results. But they didn't because you weren't prepared to work with them in the way that gets the most from them. I know because I've engaged and managed distributors for years and I know how frustrating it is dealing with them. And that's why I invited Haysen Bajani, founder of Boutique Food and Beverage Brand Partnership and distribution company, Cartel Co. to teach with me and help you price correctly for distribution. The workshop took place live in July, and I'm now offering you the replay and the 11 page workbook with the pricing formulas to keep so you can refer to them in your own time and finally take your business next level. By following our tried and tested formulas, they will help you know what margins you should have and how to create a bigger impact and sell more product. Find the link to the distribution pricing workshop in the show notes or go to femalesinfood.com and find it under the Resources tab on the menu bar. And just so you know, this offer is only available until the end of 2022, and I'm doing it to help you access food and drink business expertise at a fraction of the investment you'd ordinarily have to make because of how tough it is in the market, economically speaking, right now. Okay, we're back. Let's make a plan to get your product off the shelf before you pitch. So once you're on there, you're making sales and paying yourself a great wage. Don't let getting off the shelf be the massive afterthought it so often is for foodies. Here's your marketing plan. Take lots of notes and write your plan as soon as you can whilst it's fresh in your mind. Firstly, write your business objectives to steer the direction of your business. Such as increase brand awareness, increase revenue by twenty percent quarter on quarter, and/or drive repeat purchase. They're actual examples lifted directly from Foodpreneur's Formula members' plans. I supported them to do this in our annual planning session the other week. Secondly, determine your marketing priorities. These should just be, uh, sorry, I should say these should be the top areas of focus for your sales and marketing leadership. For example. Embed a customer service culture within the business. Thirdly, write down your marketing goals. These are marketing activities that will contribute to delivering your business objectives. Fourthly, write your marketing strategy. In other words, which is the best marketing approach to take to reach your objectives? I like to just bullet point this. You don't need war and peace. You just need to know which way you need to steer your direction the direction of your business. And an example of this from one of my bigger clients is review and determine marketing mix of product, price, place, and promotion. The good old four P's of marketing. Fifth, do a thorough SWOT analysis. You can find SWOTs everywhere on the interwebs. If you don't know what it is, Google it. (laughs) And remember, opportunities and threats are external to your business and need to be viewed as such. Sixth, decide what marketing channels you should be in. These are determined by who your consumers are and where they hang out. In other words, if you're selling frozen treats to upwardly mobile, health-conscious mothers of small children, where do they look for their information? Do they follow a particular social media page or influencer that you can partner with? Seventh, document by quarter, by month, what activities you'll undertake to meet all of the above objectives and play to your strengths. So a quick example of this is quarter one, I'm promoting my new range of teas and doing a giveaway on Instagram with an influencer every month of a new flavour. But I want to dive into that deeper for you. So a moment ago, I mentioned actual member objectives. I'm using those to determine an activity that will help you reach them if those objectives are yours too. And to help you understand what is expected of you to do to double your revenue in the next 12 months, because I know you want to see your product further out into the market, just as you do today. So you must take action today to reap the benefits a year from now. Remember that beautiful adage, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know what I'm saying. So here we go. Objective one was increased brand awareness. This is a top of the funnel challenge to broaden the knowledge about your product so so as many of the right consumers as possible know about it. So what could you do if you're a new brand? You could choose a collaboration partner, someone who has a like, audience but non-competing product and do a giveaway or a pop-up together. You bring your audience and product to them and they bring their audience and product to you. It's a win-win. Objective 2 was increase revenue by 20% quarter on quarter. This would be a middle of the funnel strategy. You have some sales already at the markets and a small amount through wholesale channels but they're not yet where you need them to be and it's wholesale that you want to scale. What I'd recommend you do here is generate more desire for your product by doing tastings in store. When my Foodpreneurs Formula members do tastings, they typically see an 80 to 100% sales uplift on the day. Although I must admit, due to the current economic challenges, one of my members was telling me the other day that her results are normally that, but right now she's seeing results more like 30 to 50% sales uplift. Either way, by doing in-store tastings, you're creating theatre and that generates interest and desire in your product offering and sales regardless. And the third objective I gave you was driving repeat purchase. How? Well, that's a so-called bottom-of-the-funnel process, Consumers have already purchased and you need them to purchase again and again and again. When you nail repeat purchase, and I'm not talking about reorders from stockers because they'll happen when you have consumers pulling through the product. So if resourcing is tight, concern yourself more with consumer pull through rather than stockers reordering because one will drive the other. Honestly, this is what you want, and when you get it, it's absolutely mana from heaven. This is when stuff gets real and you're on your way. This is when you can better predict your revenue and get serious about scaling production. And you know what? Repeat customers are much cheaper to maintain than finding new customers. And my expert tip here in managing your expectations around this is if you sell a product that your consumers don't use every day, such as a seasoning or a seasonal food or drink item like ice cream, You should plan accordingly so that you're making enough margin throughout the year even when sales are low so you stay in business for the long term and not crash and burn. Cash flow management is everything because 80% of food and drink businesses fail due to cash flow problems, not profitability issues. So how can you drive repeat purchase? By engaging your consumers. Start by surveying them after your product demo or after purchase and build rapport with them. And I am not talking about boring surveys or questionnaires. Make it fun and interactive. Or when they place your product in the shopping cart on your e-commerce website, offer them a bonus on their next purchase or give them a bonus or tell them a story in your newsletter that involves them buying more of your product. For example, they could go into a prize draw to win something else. You've heard of cold calls and warm leads, right? Well, at this point of driving repeat purchase, it's me telling you to keep your consumers hot. And I love the way Claire from Coast and Smoke does this. She creates community. You can check out my coaching of her in episode 43, What to Do When a Stalker Says No or No for Now, and you'll hear her story of the barbecuing community. She is part of and contributing to and how she educates her stockists who speak so highly of her products. It keeps her consumers sticking around. Marketing is everything you do. It's not pretty pictures for pretty pictures' sake. It's how you want your market to perceive you and engage with your brand. My final tip is whatever you do. You don't need to do a lot. Just be consistent, and by consistent, I mean, right now, go and write down what activity you will do every month in the next 12 that will get your product into more consumer baskets. And if it's the same activity for the next 12, that's absolutely okay. Use the less is more principle here. And when you're ready for more, get on the wait list for Foodpreneur's Formula and get my complete set of marketing funnel and promotion planning tools and resources with me coaching you through it. So, you know precisely what to do. Enrollment is opening again very soon. Good luck. You've got this. Okay, that's your scale strategy for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you found today's insights valuable and you're ready to implement what you learnt so that you land more accounts, get your product into more consumers' hands and put more money in your pocket for every food and drink product you sell. I'd like to ask you now to help me help more women in food and drink live life on their terms by giving me an honest rating. Five stars would be lovely, but that's up to you. Write a review and subscribe to the Foodpreneur podcast on your platform of choice. The more you provide feedback and share the word about Foodpreneur, the more I know what you find helpful. The momentum builds and it becomes easier for me to help even more foodpreneurs scale. So thank you for taking a moment to do that. I truly appreciate it. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week for another episode of Foodpreneur with Chelsea Ford. Music.